Welcome back to the Creative Marketing Podcast, or indeed, if it's your first time listening, welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. Going to keep the intro pretty short and sweet because I want you all to get into this episode because it is my favorite episode I've made yet. It is just rammed full of unbelievably good advice for anyone who has any interest in YouTube and how to grow a YouTube channel, how to build following on YouTube, how to build influence on YouTube. Take the advice of Heather Torres, who's my guest on the show today. She has played a major hand in growing Think Media's YouTube channel to over 1.5 million subscribers, and they teach people how to grow YouTube and how to grow their influence with online video. Ah, this episode got me so pumped up. I'm going to start my own YouTube channel. You'll hear about this during the episode. There's a few bits where I sound like a robot. All the bits with Heather speaking sound perfect, so if I'm sounding like a robot when I'm trying to ask a question at any point, just skip a few seconds ahead because there's going to be another golden gem of an answer waiting for you at the other side of my robotic voice. I really need to get better internet. It's really harming the quality of the podcast, how awful my internet is. But look, I haven't done that yet, so just make do because it's worth it. I promise you there's some fucking absolute gold in this episode. Oh, I just swore. I did so well not swearing during the episode, but look, it's not gonna hurt anyone. Here we go. Just Oh, artbyangus.com, get some paintings. Tell your friends about the podcast, spread the word, share the love, and get ready to take some notes. That's what I would advise you. Get a pen and paper and take some notes, because this episode is filled with some deep wisdom. You ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 16 of the Creative Marketing Podcast. Today on the show, I am joined by a very exciting guest. I'm joined by the Chief Operating Officer of Think Media, also the host of the Think Marketing Podcast, and to top it all off, a homeschooling mother of three, which is uh, sounds like no mean feat to juggle those three things, and I'm sure lots more as well. It's none other than Heather Torres. Heather, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that. Beautiful introduction. I know most times people are like, oh yeah, they do this, do this. You say homeschool and we're in a whole new world of, you know, all the (laughs) things. So thank you so much. I'm just so excited to be on your show and to bring as much value as I can um, to your audience. Excited for it. I guess that was the, the sort of two second intro to go a little bit deeper. Like what's your introduction of yourself? And I'd be super interested to hear, because I'm not as familiar, like your backstory of how you sort of got to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I, uh, I've always been an entrepreneur, always been super passionate about business and marketing and just understanding, you know, why people do what they do and how people do what they do. And I've been so intrigued, um, for the last, I would say 15 years in the online space, really just, you know, how do people do it? How did people create businesses online? And so really that's my whole journey started. Um, I dropped out of college, Uh, I was going to marketing school and everything I was learning in school, I'm not going to date myself too much, but it was definitely well over a decade ago was college. (laughs) And uh, what I was learning wasn't actually what was happening in the world. You know, Google was starting to really take off Facebook that like social media had like just it was starting, but it wasn't like it is now, obviously. And I was just seeing this shift. And I was like, man, people are doing this. People are reaching people. And and what you're teaching me in marketing school about like ads and flyers and old school marketing isn't what's happening. And so I actually dropped out of college and invested the rest of my tuition into online educators. So I started learning 
learning about podcasting and, and um, online sales and online media and online advertising. And I just geeked out on it. And so from there, I dabbled in different types of um, online uh, um, opportunities and offline opportunities. So I was kind of growing my muscle for becoming uh, uh, someone who could run a business and understand, you know, all that goes into that they don't teach you in school when you wouldn't want to run a business, yeah. right? You don't learn about like customer uh, acquisition and you're not learning like, oh, how do you actually keep a customer and how do you do those things? And so I went through a whole season of different types of entrepreneurial things and I really just caught fire in um, digital advertising. And so I, right when Facebook started to offer digital advertising, they were hosting free classes. And so I was taking classes from Facebook, learning how to do digital advertising. I was learning Google advertising. And so I really jumped in with helping small businesses get their Facebook pages up and going and then start running ads to reach customers locally. And that was really where my online experience came from. Then I went more into course creation. So how could I help those small businesses start to create online digital products. And so I went down the avenue of learning how to do that. So it was really a backends person. And then from that, I figured that video was the next thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. I need to connect with someone who's doing video. And so my family and I had moved to Las Vegas, my husband, myself, and our kiddos moved to Las Vegas where Sean Cannell, who's a, he was a YouTuber at the time, um, mm -hmm. he was doing YouTube videos and I was like, Hey, we're in the same city. I do this stuff. You do that stuff. We're both kind of new to the city. We should just meet up and get some coffee. And so we did. And, and at that first meeting, our visions really collided the things I was an expert at and the things he was an expert at. And from that, we, our families, uh, developed a relationship and we decided to go all in on creating this business, think media. And so for the past uh, over five years now, we've grown a YouTube channel from, uh, 20,000 subscribers to well over 1.5 million. Uh, through that, we've now um, reached multiple seven figures in our business. And we've been able to impact and help creators around the world learn how to do YouTube and really understand um, how to get their message out online and use uh, the, the expertise that we have to help them uh, in their mission. So that's kind of Heather in a nutshell of where I started, where I am now. So now we're running a team of 13 full-time people. Uh, we're uh, impacting millions of people through our YouTube channel uh, and uh, and podcasts and trying to take over the world in media, basically. Amazing, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it is. It's so obvious as well that you, the 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 helping people is clearly so important to you I think and that's that comes across so so much which I I personally appreciate and I'm sure a lot of a lot of other people do too there's so many things I'd like to dig into of what you said um one thing I think it's just like for anyone listening I think it's such an interesting point how much you can learn for free on the internet and especially like versus then and now it's even like those ecosystems have built out so much like I think now you could very easily get a, a job in marketing by just teaching yourself for free online. But thinking of the traditional, just an interesting thought that popped into my mind. What's the most useful thing you learned when you were in marketing school? Oh, I would think probably um, networking. I think networking is a huge thing. And I, and that was something my one of my professors really talked about um, marketing was the idea of, you know, people buy things from people. And so the idea of getting yourself out there, trying to sell sell your, your thing. And really, interesting enough, a lot of the traditional principles do still apply in the online space. It's just knowing how to do them in a new and interesting way. You know, we've got yeah. to grab attention. 
billboards and flyers and all those things were the same thing. It's just doing it in the new school way. So I think networking was a huge thing that, um, that I learned very early on to your network will represent your net worth. And so who are you around? Where are you learning? You know, what groups and circles are you in? How much are you willing to give to other people? Like that's huge. Just being in a world where you're not there just hustling your own business cards, but you're like, Hey, what, what projects are you working on? You know, and you're genuinely interested in people. And then I would say also applying just the, you know, tried and true marketing things of, of people buy from people and people buy good products. And, you know, mm -hmm. you've got to have something that is really good for the market and, uh, and know how to position it with what people are actually needing. Not what you think they need, but like, what do they actually need? And so those are probably some things that I learned way back in the day at traditional school. <laughs> Love it. And they still stand true today. Yep. So you mentioned, you know, the the seeing video is the next big opportunity. And I know video is the, the big focus of Think Media. Why is video or I've, I presume the answer is video is important. So why is video important in terms of building a brand today? So such a great question. And I think one of the um, I heard it said, if a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Like a picture is worth a thousand words. A video is worth a million. And the reason for that is because you really get to learn who the person is. Like you and I, we're doing this on video. Why? We get to see each other. You know, you're seeing my mannerisms yeah. and, and we're making eye contact. And, you know, there's just something about video. I'm seeing the cool art in your background. Like I'm starting <laughs> to catch a vibe of who you are. You can see me and my background and what I'm wearing and, you know, those type of things. Video is just, it's basically like going from, when you remember when you could like talk to someone on the phone and that's a great conversation. But when you get to like be in person with that person, there's just this energy that happens. And the same thing I believe happens on video. And so why is video so important for a business owner? I think it's because it allows for you to break the barrier of what just a picture can do. You can Photoshop a picture, you know, like you can make it look like however you want, but video allows things to just be more authentic and it allows you to be able to talk to your people and allows you to be able to express yourself. And, and it's just such a creative medium. I mean, that's why movies are so cool. That's why, you know, like it's, it's just a new school way of doing an old school thing. And, and video is just so impactful and important. And especially now, like you can grow to become a full-time content creator as a legitimate business that people are doing every single day. How cool is that? That you just need to grab a camera and you can create content around whatever you want. Like that's the coolest thing that we have this um, this opportunity. So I think video, it just builds that no like, and trust factor for any business owner, for anyone who wants to build a brand. Um, it allows you to shape it in a 3d way versus a 2d way. And I think video is something that every single business owner should be utilizing in their arsenal every single day, not like once a week, but literally every day you should be making some type of content in video form. That's really interesting. And it's, I guess that ties into what you said, which is, you know, people buy from people and how you can, that being able to really show yourself as a person, like you said, it's, it's a lot more impactful, a, a video versus a picture. Cause you can, a picture doesn't have a personality as much to say the least. No. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have one at all. And when I think about like brand choices, you know, where we think media, like you said, we're video teachers. We teach people how to do video and how to do YouTube. 
Um, and I mean, there's other people out there that are doing exactly what we're doing, but people vibe with us, right? There's something of just like, oh, they get me. I get them. You like, they understand our real or our weird coffee culture that Think Media has, or they understand, <laughs> you know, that we're more of a West Coast versus an East Coast. So we bring a lot more of that West Coast skater vibe, you know, into what we're doing. And that's just part of our personality. And video allows you to express that in a more authentic way than just a picture. For sure. So then we touched on before we before we jumped on, we touched on the sort of purpose of this podcast being aimed at creatives of different sorts. So, you know, artists, musicians, writers, that sort of thing. And and people early in their journey that way. So thinking of that sort of a person and then thinking through, I guess, advice for that person, that sort of a person starting particularly let's focus on YouTube because I think that's like so much of the focus and I think something I'm I'm really interested to talk about and I've sort of in my mind I, I, I think the first area is how do they before they actually launch because I know that's something you talk, talk a lot about how you know planning is a super important part of the process so if we start there before someone someone who's thinking about it but before they actually go what what are the steps they should be taking there? Really great question. And I think, you know, I, I think media, we teach the seven R method. And the first one is reverse engineer of those seven R's. You need to reverse engineer your channel because you're going to walk down a road that's not easy. Like YouTube isn't easy. I know a lot of people make it seem like it is, but making video content and creating a brand and doing all those things isn't easy. So you want to reverse engineer. So before you start, you want to think about who is my channel for? And who is it not for, you know, really being clear on that, because if you're for everyone, you won't reach everyone. You have to be for a certain group of people. You have to be, be for a certain type of person or a certain person that's interested in something. So you want to reverse engineer who's my channel for and what type of content do they need? Is it entertainment? Is it educational? Is it edutainment? So it's kind of mixing both together. Is it tutorial based? Is it, you know, lifestyle based? Like really thinking about the types of content. And then I think a lot of things that that new creators don't think about is really thinking about, you know, how am I going to, I mean, they probably are thinking this, but they're not strategic about this. How do I break through? And on YouTube, YouTube is a search-based platform. It's owned by Google, second largest search-based platform in the world. And so the best way to get in front of people is to answer specific questions. So what questions does my target audience have? I am, my daughter is, uh, she's a huge artist. She loves art. One of the reasons we homeschool awesome. is so that she can really dive into her artistic and creative self as often and as much as she wants to, um, because I believe in the in the artist and the creator community so much. And you know, she is looking up tutorials on like how to do specific brush strokes with acrylic paints. Now that might not seem like the creme de la creme, the best type of video you could make, but it's a practical video that someone actually has a question for. And she's watching this video and I look at it, and this video has like 1.7 million views like how to do this specific blending, 1.7 million views. And I'm thinking that artist gets it. They are answering specific questions. So whatever your creativeness is, whatever you are, uh, whatever you want to create content around, it's really reverse engineering. What are the 20 questions I can answer right now? What are the tools that I use that someone new would need to know about? Like these are specific things that you are just already in that field. And so you don't really think about it, but someone that wants to get into what you're doing or follow in your footsteps or learn what you're, what you're doing, 
they were going to have specific questions. So I think the best way to break through is not to be cool and creative and vlog style and be like my cool day in your title. It's to really be like how like that cool painting behind you with the dots. I don't know if they can see this, but you've got like a really interesting painting. I'm like how to do dot painting. You know, I don't know what that, yeah. but does that make sense? Like really specifically answering questions um, will help you break through the algorithm on YouTube. Amazing. So then assuming they've, you know, figured that out. Well, I guess digging into that a bit more for someone who's maybe not sure any sort of thoughts on how to guide their thinking towards a bit more clarity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clarity comes in motion. So what we like to say at Think Media is you can't steer a parked car, meaning if you're not just out there, if you're not just making content, if you're not just getting the video camera saying, I'm going to make this video, this is my output of the week. I'm going to make a video and you're not actually just starting to create content on your channel. It'll be so much harder to actually sift through what's going to work and what's not going to work for you when you haven't done the things. And so my goal is to get to your first 100 videos. That should just be a goal. It shouldn't be, I want to get to 100 videos and 100,000 views. It should be, I just want to get to 100 videos because you're going to learn so much in creating those 100 videos that you would have never learned if you just sat around thinking about those 100 videos. So my challenge mm -hmm. to every creator, my challenge to every person that's listening right now is to just start making videos because once you start getting those analytics, once you start to see what your audience is, is steering towards, once you start to see what you like to create, you'll start to get a better pulse on how to then scale your channel. But you can't steer a parked car. You, the point of YouTube is to post videos on YouTube and we want every video to be the best video it can be. But at Think Media, we say we'd rather have base hits than always trying to shoot for the home runs because you can build a library of content that over time will scale than do one video and think that that's the video that's going to be the it video. It could be video number 37. That's the it video, but you didn't even yeah. get there because you're too worried about video number two, right? So we just want people to start creating and use your creativity. And then you'll start to see more and more what works for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I think another thing that you always talk about is like starting messy. And I think it's such a true point that like the cost of entry to YouTube is making 20 rubbish videos probably before. And that's like how you're going to learn to get to the point where you can make a good video or like a, a better video. Absolutely. Start messy is my main message because we want uh, what will hold us back. We've got we've got three main enemies. One, perfectionism. Most creators want everything to be perfect before they do it because we're afraid to fail in public. We're afraid to just practice in public. And so if more people would just step up and say, I don't really care if this looks good. I'm just practicing in public right now. You know, uh, if we let perfectionism go, if we uh, if we let comparison go, you know, John Acuff says, don't compare your middle to some your beginning to someone else's middle. Like you're just starting. That person's already made 200 videos. Like if I were to compare myself to Marie Forleo or, you know, or, or, um, or Gary Vaynerchuk or like anyone that's like been doing the thing, of course, mine are going to be sucky. They've been doing the thing, mm -hmm. right? So comparison. So keeping our eyes on our own paper, on our own stuff, mm -hmm. making our own way in the world. And then the third one is the confidence, the self-confidence to do it. These are enemies that hold us back to making great work. And it confidence comes when you become competent 
meaning you learn how to do the thing and then you're fine to just flip on the camera, you know, make a video, you know how to do that thing. It, it becomes a part of who you are in, in the type of creator that you are, but you, we lack the self-confidence because we've not done the thing and your greatness is outside your comfort zone. So if you have to learn to be okay with the messy before you get to the really great stuff, it has to be part of the journey to know that I'm just going to fail in public. I'm going to put out a video. It's going to get 10 views. I'm going to look back on it three years from now and I'm going to be like, what was I thinking? Why did I decide to wear that thing or do that thing? Or why? Like for me, every time I look at my first couple of videos, I'm like, why was my voice so, so high? I was so nervous that I was talking in a higher octave. And I look at that video and I cringe and I'm like, I can't believe it. But that one video has led to multiple viral videos on the platform. I can't get to those viral videos unless I did the crappy videos at first. And so I would just say, be okay to practice in public, be okay to fail in front of people and be okay mm -hmm. that you are going to make your own way and you can't compare yourself, but the more you do it, the better you'll get at the project. That's awesome advice. I just wrote down practice in public because that spoke to me uh, very sincerely. And I think that's a great answer to the question that I'm going to ask next, but I'm going to ask it to see if there's any other angles that might also sort of trigger things in people's minds, which is say someone's done that work and they figured out who their target audience is, what the what the channel they want to start is. Any other advice for getting over that fear of, of putting themselves out there and either pressing record and then pressing upload on that first video? Yes, of course. So I actually, here's my confession to you. I actually waited three years before I started making video. Like you might be like, oh, Heather, uh, I, you know, I want to make videos. I've just been waiting like a month. No, no. I waited three years because I was so afraid of that. I was so afraid of practicing in public. I was so afraid of failing in front of people. I was so, I, I had such low self-confidence in the way of like, I hated what I looked like. I was fighting depression and anxiety. I just wasn't in a good mental state. So I had a lot of opposition to like, there's no way I'm going to get on camera. That is the furthest thing from what I want to do. But one thing that I did was I got in good community with people that lifted me up. I surrounded myself with great friends like Sean and Sonia Cannell, like Omar El Takori, people who were lifting me up in the way of saying, no, you can do this. This isn't hard. And you get around enough people that just think that way. And you're like, I can do this. Right. So I put myself in good community. I, I really, really emphasize, which is one of the things we do at Think Media. We put a huge emphasis on the community of creators that are together because it's so important to us to have good people in your life. The second thing is I practice in obscurity to prepare me for popularity. So I opened up a Snapchat that no one knew about. It was just my own thing. No one knew about it. And I dedicated to creating a video every single day, three videos, right? Three of the stories this is before Instagram reels way back when it was just Snapchat, three yeah. stories, those stories I would do every single day because I needed to get good at feeling comfortable with my camera on me, with hearing my voice, with seeing how my facial, facial expressions were with getting clear in my communication, with knowing how to be funny and sad and happy all on video, right? And so I practiced in obscurity to prepare me for popularity. And then I just pressed record. I said, this is the day I'm gonna just publish the video. And I had to just publish the video because until you can get to that point, you're always going to be living in the what if. 
And I would rather you just do the thing and not regret it than actually regret never doing the thing. And so I waited three extra years. I could have had viral videos before then. I could have started my channel before then. I could have gone full time before then. But I was so scared of my own self that I didn't actually do it. So I got in community. I practiced in obscurity. And then I just pressed publish. Amazing. Once one's done, gotten over fear, they've gotten a video or, or say multiple videos out there. They've got a channel that's that's up and running. Once once they're sort of in that space, any advice for someone who's there who's like starting to do it, but you know, necessarily fully nailing everything yet? Yeah, I would say commit to consistency. Uh, you want to be consistent because consistency over time will build up your channel. The more consistent you are, the better you're going to get at it. And so if you're just starting and nothing's popped off, just stay committed to the outputs. And I think we put so much emphasis on how many subscribers we're getting and how many views we're getting. They're really the number that matters is getting the upload done. And so the creation of the video should be the success, not how many subscribers did it get? How many views did it get? It literally is. No, I'm proud of myself because I stayed consistent to this process. And believe me, you're consistent to something for two years to five years to 10 years. You're going to get good at it and something's going to pop off. Um, it's just that we we usually quit before the big thing happens because we're not consistent with it because we we want to see the results first. And it's just like when you go to the gym. I can go to the gym for a month and I maybe see a little bit of progress. But if I commit to going to the gym once a week for three years, I will see progress. It will just happen. And we just don't commit long enough. We don't have enough patience long enough to see the thing play out. Yeah, it's so true. It, it can be so tempting, I think, to to look at those sort of numbers and they're not going up immediately. But both with the sort of arts and with this podcast, I've said in my mind, committed for 10 years and then consider what to do after 10 years. And I feel so, it that doing that, I feel like takes such a weight off because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I don't, it doesn't matter what happens tomorrow because it matters what happens in 10 years. And distancing mm -hmm. that I, I find can be uh, a really useful, useful way of thinking. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see people making on YouTube? Oh, the mistakes people are making on YouTube. They are not putting enough emphasis on their title and thumbnail design first. Title and thumbnail, for some reason, seems to be like the last thing think people think about. And that is the only thing that someone sees before they actually see your video. So people are not putting enough emphasis on researching good titles. People are not putting enough emphasis on having great thumbnails. You have to understand that when someone's scrolling through their home screen or their subscription feed, the only thing they have is a thumbnail and a title to judge if they want to spend the next 7, 10, 15, 45 minutes with you. And so people are making that be the last thing. They're putting all the effort into making this amazing video, but no one actually gets to open the door to the video content until they read the message on the door and decide to open it. Does that make sense? So, so people, mm -hmm. I, I want people to put more time into researching their topics to understanding what's working on YouTube, what, what kind of thumbnails work in their space and to put a lot more emphasis on the creation of those two things rather than spending all this time making this epic video that's behind the closed door. Yeah, that's awesome. I had a guy on, he put it so well, I thought if, um, shout out Slew, if he's listening, uh, if Steve Spielberg made a YouTube video 
and it was the most cinematically perfect video ever. It didn't doesn't matter if it's got an awful thumbnail and an awful title, and no one's gonna see that. When when it comes to title thumbnails, what what works in your experience, or or like what are some sort of pointers at least that, that to, to people to who are starting to make those? Yeah. Um, okay. So thumbnails. Uh, if there's a face in the image, the eyes need to be big, meaning like you should have expression in your face. Um, study what, I mean, look at even like what Mr. Beast does. The, one of the, the largest YouTuber, his face is always has an expression, right? So there's some type of expression in the face. If you're doing a someone, if you're doing an actual face in the image, if it's a product, the product needs to be clean. Like, I mean, it needs to be a very, uh, a compelling image of whatever that product is. So if you're doing a product-based thing like food, the food should look good. It should look like a magazine. So you should study how to do food photography. Um, and I think the other thing is people put way too many words in their thumbnails. You should have three or less words in every single thumbnail. Um, and then title-wise, you know, the title really is what speaks to Google and YouTube. The words in the actual title are long tail keywords that help the algorithm figure out who you are and who this is for so they can show it to more people. So if you've got this epic video, I love that, that, you know, if Steven Spielberg made a movie, no one would see it if the title sucked. If it was like cool movie, no one's going <laughs> to click it. But if it was like, you know, Steven Spielberg's epic thing, Steven Spielberg is actually a keyword, right? So it's understanding mm -hmm. keyword research and understanding that you are first speaking to a computer before you're speaking to a human. So you need to speak the language of the computer in your keyword. That's why if you study what we do at Think Media, we teach you um, that your title should have the keyword that you're trying to go after. And then your topic should support that keyword because the words you say in your video Google is reading those words. And so you want to speak as much computer as you can. And then you want to also speak human. So you want to call out who it's for if the video makes sense. So like how to get views on YouTube. Well, only someone who's interested in YouTube would even want that, right? So it's understanding who you're speaking to. What are the words that they're using? So one of our really great videos that does well on our channel is how to get a blurry background. Well, unless you're a YouTuber and you don't understand that that and you're not a computer, uh, you're not a camera person that understands that depth of field, you're not even saying the word depth of field. You're saying blurry background. So you want to speak the language of your audience, not the language that you know, but you want to speak what they are asking. So that's just a couple different things about titles and thumbnails. Colors are great. You want to stand out and be different. You should be using different types of colors. And your actual overall branding of your channel is more of a feel than it is the actual like, I need to use these colors every time and this font every mm -hmm. time. It's a feeling of a brand. It's not in the actual um, color and and text, if that makes sense. It's a feeling on YouTube. For sure, that does definitely make sense. Speaking of talking to the robots, are there any other aspects which help speak to those robots and help sort of yeah you know one of the when you ask what are some mistakes youtubers make i think they underutilize the power of all of what's called the metadata of youtube they're not using the description to its max they're not making the keywords like if you're making a video about i don't know maybe you, maybe you're a chef you're making a video about fish i don't know <laughs> i'm just going somewhere and you use the keyword fish 
you're not going to rank for fish. So don't even use that. But if it's like how to cook fish in tinfoil, use that as the keyword. You're telling way more information. You want to give the most information that you can to the robots of YouTube. So you want to max out your description. You want to be using keywords. You want to uh, you want to use your um, keyword tags to the max that you can. You want to use your title to the max that you can. You can use hashtags to help the ag the YouTube um, algorithm. And you know, I think it's really important that the topic that you're talking about is very consistent with the exact title that you're doing because YouTube is also able to analyze your video. And so you those things together is what actually makes a good rock star solid video. So then speaking to the people who maybe somewhat know that, so someone who maybe has a more established YouTube channel, they've started to gain some traction. What are some things maybe that someone like that could do to take their channel to the next level? Uh, well, I mean, I'll just plug our stuff. Uh, you should definitely watch Think Media. Um, we yeah. uh, we put out um, five videos a week for free on Think Media. We also do, we host a YouTube class every single month. Um, so you can learn more about how to do that there. But yeah, I would say it's just learning. It's stepping into a new place. It's learning YouTube. And there's just certain things that work on YouTube. So it's understanding how to read your analytics it's your click-through rate. It's your audience retention. It's those type of things. And then it's just understanding how to make great content. So it's those two things mixed together. It's the art and the science, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. uh, Gary Vee says, art and the science that go together, that is what makes YouTube a great thing. And then any any mistakes that you see big channels making? Well, the cool thing about big channels is that once you get big enough, you can do whatever you want because you've already built an audience base. You've already built influence. People are bought into whatever you do. But I think the problem is, is that small channels compare themselves and want to do what the big channels are doing. And they're not following the path that the big channel had to do to become big. Right. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's actually doing what works to gain influence gaining enough influence to then be able to branch out and test new things and then being able to skyrocket and scale. So I think uh, what's cool about big channels is that they really have been able to hack enough influence to do whatever they want. But small channels really have to be dedicated to speaking to YouTube in the way that YouTube understands it and speaking to humans to build influence, relationships, know, like, and trust value so that people will come back again and again and again to watch your videos. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Bit of a departure then. So we've talked a bunch about YouTube. Any thoughts on on the other the other social platforms that are out there and how they're in play with you, you know, leveraging video on, on those places as well? Absolutely. You know, I think um, right now, uh, Instagram, Instagram reels are huge. Uh, Instagram's pushing those. And so that's one of the best things to be doing and spending your time if you want to actually reach new people on the platform. A lot of times people were saying, well, do stories. Stories builds relationship with people who are already a follower. Reels is a video way that you can reach new people. Um, so understanding and learning how to do reels is really smart. Um, I also think that going live on Facebook, still a really great thing to do over on that platform video wise, because Facebook always pushes lives more than anything. 
Um, so having a uh, live video over there and then also in LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn is actually an underserved platform where amazing creators are over there. Business owners are over there. Thought leaders are over there. And so making videos that are strategic for them. And what's great about LinkedIn is that it doesn't quite have the same algorithms yet of, of Instagram and Facebook, meaning that you put mm -hmm. content out and people actually see the content still. So, um, <laughs> so actually putting your video content over there, snippets of video, people still want to learn things over there. Um, it's not necessarily like check out my food like it is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It very much is like, here's five tips. It's a great tips platform, um, to be putting your video uh, content on. But you know, for us specifically, we, if you only have a certain amount of time to devote to building something with video, we say YouTube because YouTube is a leverage based platform. If you put up a reel on Instagram, it's pretty much gone 30 days later. You put up a video on YouTube and it will serve an audience for days, months, and years to come. And so if you have to only have a place to an only one platform to grow, YouTube is like investing in real estate. You're going to put some time, some sweat equity, all of that into it, but it's going to pay out in years and months to come because you put in the time and the effort to do the right things first and then go and play on all the social media platforms. Yeah, that's so true. I, I think such the potential of YouTube as well is like, like you said, even if you have something that goes viral on Instagram, it's that's game over and you're back to number one. If you have something that's viral on YouTube, then you build another thing on top of that and it's like stacks and gets exponential. Yeah. And people don't, it, it, YouTube doesn't give you the quick hits that the other social platforms do. And mm -hmm. it is, it, I mean, to create a reel, not underplaying it, but like that doesn't take as much energy as it does to create a YouTube video. However, YouTube has YouTube shorts now. So like, if you're going to mm -hmm. do that, do it over on YouTube. You have a lot of different options, but really the investment that you make into creating great work on YouTube and I mean, if you're growing a business at some point, what's great about YouTube also is you can then use the ad platform of Google, which is tied to YouTube, to then exponentially grow your stuff uh, mm. on the back end when you're selling something later because you've built an audience that's so into what you're doing. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. So it has so many benefits beyond just the idea of creating one video. It is a, it is a strategic move for any content creator, whether you are a small business, whether you are a side hustle, no matter what you're doing, YouTube is a place where you can have leverage later on in a business. What would you say to the people who might be listening now, think, yeah, well, that's all well and good, but like, it's too late, you know, YouTube's so saturated, there's so many people there, it's too late for me to, to get a piece of that action. Oh, wait, what was the last thing you said? Wait, yeah, say it one more time. You were you were clear and then yeah. you just cut out. Just say it one more time. Oh, so close. What would you say to someone who's sitting and listening and thinks, yeah, that's well and good, but it's too late for me, you know, there's not room for more people in, in my niche or in, in any any area. For sure. I would say, um, I would say the the quote that says, whether you think you are or you think you're not, you're right. So I think if you go into YouTube saying, oh, it's too crowded. Oh, it's, you know, all these things. That's a mindset. The, mm -hmm. the, if you go into YouTube saying, man, if other people do this, I can do it too. Man, 
this is proof of concept. I'm not even having to be an early adopter. I'm already seeing that this is proven and people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars just from AdSense alone. Man, this is a platform where I can put content and get paid to do it. No other platforms paying you to make content, by the way. So man, if you go into YouTube, seeing the world of possibility, seeing the opportunity that's in front of you, seeing that it's a free platform where you can build a seven, eight, nine figure business off of, then you have unlimited possibility. If you go into YouTube though, going, man, this is so crowded, man, there's so many people. I mean, think about, think about every restaurant that sells hamburgers. They, they had to go into selling hamburgers saying, man, this is a world of possibility. Other people are buying hamburgers. I'm going to make my hamburger better. Same thing when you go into YouTube. You will either fail because you think you can't or you will win because you think you can. Either way, you're right. So I think that it's the mindset that you go into the opportunity with and it's having the, this is my life motto, I will until. I just live in an I will until attitude. When will it happen? I don't know. I just will until. Man, everyone else is successful. I don't care. I will until. Man, everyone knows how to do this stuff. I don't care. I will until. And I think it's the things we say to ourselves. You know, YouTube is only 20% strategy. It's 40% mindset. You got to kick yourself in the pants when you don't want to do something. You got to shift your thinking. You've got to go into this saying, I will until I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to grind my face off. I'm going to realize the season of life I'm in. I'm going to just keep putting out video content over and over and over. And then it's also 40% community. I'm going to be attached to people who know what they're doing. I'm not going to listen to the haters. I'm not going to listen to this guy who's never done anything in his life and let his opinion speak into me. I'm not going to do that, right? I'm going to be surrounded with other people who see this as an opportunity, who understand this world, who are so on fire and lit up because you can make real impact and change in the world by putting up a free video on the internet. Like what world do we live in that that is a possibility? My great grandparents would be like, wait, you're telling me you make something cool and then you put it out and people from around the world can watch it and you can change their life. And then you get paid to do that. What? You know, like they lived through the great depression. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So like, let's yeah. really look at the possibility that's in front of us. Oh, I don't have the right gear. So what? You probably are fortunate enough to have a smartphone or your friend has a smartphone or you can go to the library and rent. A, you know what I mean? Like there, yeah. we live in a world of possibilities here. And if we are letting the things like, oh, there's too many people on the platform. Well, then don't even do it. Go go do something that's easy because if you're going to sign up for this and you're going to do this thing, it's going to be hard. But hard work, like opportunity is dressed in overalls because it, what is it? What is the thing? O opportunity is miss my most because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. YouTube is hard freaking work, but the what you get out of it on the other end of a lot of hustle and hard work and determination is time freedom creative freedom, financial freedom. Like it's up to you. If it's too late, it's too late for you, but it's not too late for me. It's not too late for the thousands of creators who are going to start a channel today and hustle for the next three years to change their life. So that's, I get super passionate about that question because it's such a mindset. And I want to rattle creators who live in the unpossibility world. When I'm like, you literally have everything at your fingertips. You just have to get over your own self 
and just do the thing. And you can create a whole new world for yourself. Woo! I'm amped. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that, that, that speech got me pumped up anyway. I don't know about anybody <laughs> listening. Um, building on that, so I guess to, to do a little mini live case study about myself, because yeah. I have not started a YouTube channel yet, but I'm on the verge of it. I started, I've never, wasn't into art, got into art during sort of lockdown, like about March last year, and I've just been going crazy ever since. And so then part of that was like late, like sort of October, say last year, I started this podcast being sort of tying, because I sort of started to have a little bit of success with the art, and I was like, oh, I'll share some of that stuff and tie it in with the my day job and the knowledge I have from that. Yeah. And so I'm quite torn as to thinking about that first planning stage of, of the YouTube channel. And I don't want to use an excuse. I'm definitely scared. I'll get over that and I will do it. I promise. Good. But when it's like, okay, one side I do about painting art and that sort of stuff. And then I've got this other side, which is sort of like marketing for creatives. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily sit together. How would you recommend proceeding from there? They don't. Here is the, the here is the, perplexity perplexity of all creators we're multi-passionate and we're good at a lot of things you have to actually just pick one you either need to let your art just be a, a hobby and be a fun thing that you do and it's all and it's for you and you go down the marketing for creator side and you say i'm all in on this and then one day your art can become something because you've now funded the mission um but as creatives we try and make two things fit together that don't and so what you have to do is actually just pick one. Either you do mm -hmm. the thing with the art and that's the road you go down and you actually just use the knowledge that you have from how to market into making that amazing and your art channel and all of that. And then eventually people will, you'll build enough influence and people will be like, how did you do it? And then mm -hmm. you can then open up the doors to the, well, let me tell you actually about my life and how I got to this place and da, da, da. And then I'm going to teach other artists how to do it because I'm using all my knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Or you let your art be its own thing. And then you actually go down this road because you are smart and educated in this. And you say, no, I really want to help creators. And I'm going to do my art thing on the side. And I'm going to use my art maybe as a case study. I'm going to do a thing or does that make sense? So it's as, yeah, yeah. as creatives, we are always having to pick what thing we're well, like, what is the thing? Because as creatives, we also like to do a lot of things really kind of well so that we don't fail too big because, right? Because our art yeah. and our things that we're creating, it's a part of us. And so if you judge me too hard, if I get too successful in it, well, then I could fail. So if I actually just do five things kind of well, well, then that feels better than just saying, no, I'm putting all my eggs in a basket. I'm going all in on this thing. I'm going to just choose this path. And that's what the one I'm going to go down. And I'm going to stay committed to it. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to put all my creative energy into it. And I'm going to see what happens. So that's what my, my thing to you is you've got to actually just pick one mm -hmm. because one is going to be the thing that's successful. It's, it's harder as a solo person to be successful at two things at the same time. Unless you have team built around you, that's the hack that people don't talk about. Unless you have team built around you in, in one of those two things, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to grow to. If you chase two rabbits, you end up catching none. But if you can build a team that can hang out with the rabbits, then you can do multiple things, right? So you yeah, got to just yeah. pick one. So which one are you going to pick? <laughs> I think I'm thinking I'm leaning towards the, the marketing one because 
that ties into the podcast. I've already sort of got a bit of momentum and and stuff with the podcast. Plus, I, I I've got some video recorded already, so I can definitely do clips and stuff from that. So, heck there we yeah, go. heck yes. All right. So <laughs> when? Let me ask you. When are you starting your channel? When are you? When are you doing the videos? When are you going all in? Uh, I'll record my first video this weekend. That's a promise. Uh, editing is the bit that still scares me a bit. I'm okay at audio editing. Uh, video editing, I still need to learn a bit. But I've got a friend who's like three. Shout out Chris Cowley. Uh, I think Chris Cowley is his YouTube name or Chris Cowley 88, maybe. That's his Instagram. I don't know. Chris Cowley, anyway. Uh, he is a few months into starting a YouTube channel. So he can be my sounding board for editing. So. Let's say by the following weekend. Is that a reasonable timeline to edit my first video? That sounds video? great. And my my goal to you then, my, my challenge to you also, if editing is what you're struggling with, I would dedicate two hours on a Saturday to literally just research what, what, what editing software are you using? I just downloaded the free trial of Final Cut Pro. So I've got 90 days of that. Final Cut Pro is a great editing software. There's such great tutorials. Here's what you need to learn how to do. How do you cut? How do you add sound? How do you do transitions? Like literally do like final cut tutorials for beginners and yeah. spend two hours just watching that. You are such a smart guy. You'll, you will become an editor literally in a weekend. We just don't, that is such a, it's like, oh man, that's, that's a hard thing to do. One, that editing isn't actually hard. What happens in editing is that we didn't film it right. So mm -hmm. that's a big piece is when you are filming, make sure you're filming in the, you know, are you doing 24 frames per second, 30 frames per second? Like knowing what you're filming is important because it helps you in your post-production. Um, knowing that if you mess up, if it's a talking head, that you actually like give yourself enough of a pause to then mm -hmm. restart. Because in editing, if you're like, if you were saying something, right, you're like, okay. And, and tip number five is that you do and you go, oh, shoot. Okay, 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 okay. Tip number five. You actually don't give yourself enough space. Yeah. So like actually pause and start the, the sentence over. And then in editing, you can very clearly see where the audio dropped down and you're like, okay, that's the cut. And it yeah. goes so much faster um, when you're doing it. So yeah, literally spend two, maybe three hours researching Final Cut Pro for beginners. Watch everything on YouTube and you're an editor. Awesome. Okay, I will do. <laughs> Excited. <laughs> Okay, conscious. We're we're running low on time. One other thing that I was going to ask was because we we we've this has been so this has been one of my favorite probably my favorite episode yet. I think. Um, <gasps> so thank you so much. But that and so, so speaking, <laughs> speaking of podcast episodes, you are also the host of your own podcast. Mm -hmm. So any learnings you've had from that? Anything you've seen working with that? Not working with that? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we do, so we do our podcast. It's called the think marketing podcast. Um, that's a shameless plug. Yep. Uh, so you should subscribe to that. And love, subscribe. Yeah. We have it on a separate channel than think media, um, because of the visions that we have for our brand. Um, and so we are doing what's called a video podcast. So it is an audio form. It's also in video form because people like to consume wherever they like to consume. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, we are also doing a lot of, um, we are doing a lot of search-based podcasts. So rather than it just being random content um, that we're just putting out into the world, we're very strategic even about what is the topic 
Uh, if we're interviewing someone, we actually do a ton of research before to even make sure that the title makes sense, that there's enough mm -hmm. search volume because we still are hitting YouTube very hard. The audio side of it for us is secondary to the video side. And that's just our own strategy. Um, but we, I love podcasting because it can be longer form content. And mm -hmm. I think one thing about podcasting uh, that people that people love is they fall in love with the intimacy of the creator. And so putting more personality in podcasts is something that we're doing. We're, we're being very intentional about talking more about our story or going deeper into a topic or letting things breathe a little bit more. Whereas in video form, it's got to be jumpy and crispy and fast. And, you mm -hmm. know, it has that, that to it. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, what's hard about audio and podcasting is that it's not necessarily search based, which is why mm -hmm. we're doing YouTube. So I think one thing that every podcaster should do is they should also be doing a website with their podcast. Their podcast should have some type of search engine strategy with it, meaning that you should be knowing the title could rank on Google. So someone could be searching it and then they find you. So I think being found is a huge thing that podcasters um, should be strategic about. And I think flipping on a video and making it being able to be found on YouTube is a very strategic thing to do. Amazing. Sen, this is this is my last one. Well, my second last question. And something I ask everyone, I guess through the lens of, of thinking about who the target audience is, et cetera, where you are now, what's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh, so what a great question. I, I really like this. We just did, we just finished a challenge. Uh, we did a YouTube challenge, a free YouTube challenge. Did you I, do that? I, did you I did. I didn't do, yes. I missed like four sessions, but I got most Wait. of them in. You can still watch it uh, <laughs> um, until you can still watch it. This podcast can't, but you can. Um, <laughs> but we just did a whole thing where Tony on our team asked us, you know, 10 years ago, who were you and what were you like? And I think if I were to, if I were to give myself advice basically 10 years ago to where I am now, it would be be intentional about staying focused. I think I wasted a lot of time being kind of good at a lot of things and not really good at one thing because I was so scared of failing. And so I think it's just the idea of I would have rather um, worked on my on my own mindset earlier and just say, just stay focused, just stay focused, mm -hmm. just stay focused, be intentional about what you're learning. And I learned, I absorbed a lot of things in my last 10 years. I wish I would have applied more and just practiced in public and just done the thing and just not cared if it was perfect and just said, who cares if Lisa from high school who's still friends with me on Facebook sees that I'm doing this thing? Like who cares, you know? But yeah. I cared so much about what other people thought about me that it held me back from practicing in public, from learning how to communicate, from just, just, just being creative and happy and, and joyful. I was just so concerned about that. And so I wish if I could tell someone just starting right now, I'm telling you right now, okay, you need to just get started. You have to punch fear in the face and press record because this video, you're not going to get to the, your greatness until you walk through the messy. It's part of the process. No one gets to skip that step. You have to suck, suck, suck. <laughs> and then succeed. 
It's how the process works. So if you think you're going to go from zero to a million, you're not. No one does. You have to go from zero to one to 10 to 100, right? It's part of the process. Mm -hmm. So get in the game. Like get in the game and get around people who are in the game with you. Like your friend that you said is the editor, only talk to him. Don't talk to the friend who's still smoking weed, not doing the thing, right? Like don't like who cares about that person? Be in connection and community with the people who are doing the thing because no one else's opinion matters. If you're not in the ring with me, Brene Brown says this, if you're not in the ring doing the thing that I'm doing, your opinion doesn't matter. And I let everyone else's opinion about what I was doing and who I was becoming and the things I was creating matter so much more than the people that were like, no, you can do this, Heather. No, flip on the camera. No, who cares if you messed up? You know, like, mm -hmm. no, this is bigger. This is vision. This is legacy. And I'm like, I, I want that. And so just be around those people and just punch fear in the face and press record. Amazing. Then final question. This I'm so pumped up after this. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so I hope the people listening are equally, equally jazzed up. Uh, last question is what what's your call to action to people listening where can people find you follow you and and you know learn all the great things that you're teaching yeah um we host a free class a free youtube class that's always at thinkmasterclass.com you can get signed up for the next one we host those monthly and then we have them on replay um so it's a different class every time so thinkmasterclass.com uh, is where you want to go. Um, we do host different challenges uh, like you were just a part of, those seven-day challenges. So you'll want to be connected on uh, Instagram so that you can see when those are happening. Uh, you can follow me at, at Miss Heather Torres. Um, and then YouTube. That's where you want to make sure you're subscribed to. Uh, Think Media is our main channel. Um, that's a lot of call to action. So your next step is to go to Think masterclass.com sign up for our class because that'll help you get started on youtube amazing heather torres uh i just want to take a moment to recognize you for being an absolute legend uh and uh, a wise person for thank you so much so much value in this episode so much great advice for for anyone listening um and for me personally a uh, huge huge takeaways so thank you so much Yay. Thank you so much for just stepping out and doing the thing. You know, I don't think uh, creators enough get recognition. So I just want to honor you and say thank you for bringing this to the world. Thank you for stepping up. Thanks for doing the hard things. And I can't wait to see uh, where your creative genius goes. I believe you are made on purpose for a purpose. And I can't wait to see that uh, go to the world. So thank you for even doing this podcast. Awesome. It's been real. Uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to reporting back and being a case study someday for for my YouTube growth and pointing back to Yay! this as the starting point. <laughs> I can't wait. That'll be that'll be the episode epic, right? Like four years from now, you're like, remember yeah. that one episode? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. Well, have a wonderful rest of the day and weekend, and I'll talk to you. Bye. Bye bye. This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle. Uh, if you're still listening, I love you from the bottom of my heart. You are a wonderful, amazing, good-looking, well-mannered, just brilliant person. Don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Leave a review. That helps us, you know, get discovered and all that jazz. Uh, and other than that, have a great day. Have a great week. 
send me a message on Instagram, just say hello. Uh, and like I said, tune in again next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>